Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast. This is your boy Rodney Perry King himself. But I loved and I found out in that conversation exactly how our connection came to be. And I was glad that it came by way of art. She, we connected through uh, through having, you know, some connection to a work of art, a piece of work. But more than that, I love saying this woman's name. It's it's so like it has some like some real uh, it has some some real you know strength to it. It feels nostalgic almost, but also modern. You know what I'm saying? Today I have with me actress, activist in her own right, Rita Rucker. <laughs> Thank you for that profound introduction. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I do so what I can. To be here, Rodney. Um, I'm so glad. That you, yeah, I'm so yeah. glad you can. Yeah, we had we, to do this again. For sure, we had we to do had it again. To, that conversation <laughs> on Instagram, just like, man, I was like, we have to continue this conversation. It was just so healthy, so healing for me, and I know that the people that were listening to it were receiving a lot of life. And Hell yeah, and I'm going to continue. Um, last week, I actually did it again. That was the third one I did, and I did it um, on my own. And um, I think I'm definitely going to continue to make it though centered around kind of just having these very impromptu conversations, having ones where I already have people that I'm going to bring on to talk about something very, you know, just very human, very just, you know, in the now. And it, it can be as nuanced as we would like, because, yeah. you know, honestly, sometimes that's what we need. We don't talk enough about the things that we need to think about to just be, you know, the things that we don't ever make time for. Um, and I want to, you know, create that. And that just came out of just Lily spawned from, um, the the civil unrest that was uh, occurring and um, an uprising of sorts in various cities all over. I was like, I just want to make sure we are doing every type of work that we need to be doing at this time. Not only just in the protest, um, not only in the, um, in the voting booths and so on yeah. and so forth. But I, I'm a firm, firm believer that we have to a, a part of activism is um, is taking care of ourselves. Absolutely. is enriching ourselves that and, is, um, to me that's the part you know? yes yes is in that we lead yes how can we lead if we don't do that how can we we can't we can't go nowhere you can't do nothing if nobody's you know strong enough to face whatever we are trying to face and i think that's the biggest thing for me and i think we all got to understand what role we play you know yeah. and i think for me early this year it was truly figuring out that oh riding you do not only have a way with words, but you have a way of understanding your emotions enough, understanding and reading the room to be yeah. able to say whatever you feel like needs to be said at this time to hopefully uh, touch and get people over yeah. uh, whatever kind of emotional toil or personal or communal situation yeah. that we're going through. Uh, yeah. But Love let, that about you. And I think that you. You, you liberate people just by knowing that about yourself. You you empower other black men to be vulnerable with themselves and yeah. to have those kind of difficult conversations. So Yeah, we do. We we have to be like that. And I think 
I've um in my own solitude pre and post uh <laughs> pre and <laughs> current uh COVID times. Uh, I think I've learned a lot in just being alone and having to soak up certain things and just mm-hmm. going through the things of life and really That's taking it in. And um, and shout out to my uh, my guest from last week's episode being Dr. Michael R. Williams with my We Are Not the Center episode. It was a perfect, perfect episode just about um, why men must unlearn patriarchy. I highly, highly suggest it for everybody. It is is it's chef's kiss? You feel me? And just like it I hits. said, <laughs> it, it it hits, it hits, and I'm already loving the feedback that I'm getting, and I can't wait yeah. to do uh, show you what I'm gonna do next uh, with that topic as well as just all around that content. Um, mm-hmm. But let's start with the Twitter check in. for the first time the twitter check-in is my kind of consistent pop culture segment where i kind of tap into what we see on twitter on today uh if you if you if you you know if you're up on the things on twitter you'll probably be able to figure out what day we're recording this because the news is fresh hot and right now but first let's start with some good things let's start with some beautiful beautiful things one thing that hit uh the timeline that really set it on fire today was the nuptials of the beloved i'm not even you know it's hard it's it's, it's hard to say call people aunties now because you don't know if they accept that you don't know if right they you know <laughs> like i'm the sister right <laughs> but, but, but truly a um, a beloved beloved actress by the name of Nisi nash tied the knot once again with uh, a love that i think a lot of people publicly did not know being jessica Bet. No idea. Who's, you informed me. Look, I had, I'm like, what happened on Twitter? Like, that's I, how hot and fresh it is. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, you are not lying. <laughs> you are off the press. Had no idea. I was like, oh my God. And my first initial reaction was just like, good for her. Yes. Love love. And I'm like, I'm happy for her. I'm happy like, too. I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy too. Because I think I can only imagine, you know, because you, you always kind of, you know, just hope the best when you see people who you look up to and people that you, you know, either um, just look up to or just feel some connection with by their work or whatever it may yeah. be. So when it comes to their personal lives, you always want the best for them, you know? Yeah. And But unfortunately, we're human. Unfortunately, we, we're not the characters that we play on anything, you know, where we can portray that, oh, yeah, everything's good, you know, this and the third. Yeah. And even when that is the case, we're... The fans are asking for the drama. You know what I'm saying? Like, hold on, we need them to break up or something. Like, they need something right, to happen. Exactly. Y'all, y'all look too good on this screen. You know, exactly. um, it just really depends on the story sometimes. Because some people yeah. we would we are devastated to see, you know, breaking up and all that. I remember them episodes of Blackish where uh, Rainbow and Andre was a little bit on the rocks. They kind of fucked me yeah. up. But I love to see this. I really love I to love see this. Too. I really I love, love to I'm see so, this. Just to see, just to know, like her, the last. Uh, I came to know Nisi Nash as a single mom struggling to make it as an actress and to see yep. her break into the industry the way that she did. Yeah. And like, unapologetically, unapologetically. out, like, this is my curves. You're going to take all of You're welcome. Like, yeah. she just gave us all of this empowerment as women just to accept our bias, loving ourselves as Black women, and, like, to see her happy and happily married. Like, 
I feel like everyone's getting married this year. <laughs> so I'm like, I know that it sounds like a little bitter undertone. Under that, <laughs> I'm happy. Overall, I'm happy for Nisi Nash. She's so deserving of it. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But also, um, this previous Friday, um, very somber news um, that kind of hit us all in a very interesting way. Um, yeah. Because this year has already been too much. Uh, this year has already been a dose of the worst combination of things, but nevertheless, um, I think I, I, I appreciated to see that people were celebrating a legend in his own right. We lost on Friday at 43 years old, Chadwick Bozeman. Chadwick Bozeman, um, not only was a actor, but he was an actor that when you really, because no one can really touch a filmography like that, you know, because I feel like no matter how long or short or prominent films that we knew of or when he was still, you know, just acting in, um, in theater and just doing small screen things. And um, regardless, once we came to to see who this man was and we couldn't ignore him, the streak that he went on, the 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 chain of events that occurred and in the midst of that be dealing with his own with his own ailments and own tribulations is uh truly even in this time cuz he was already a, a dope example of a, of a human being while he was alive it's crazy to think that unbeknownst to all of us he was truly truly true, a, 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 a a superhero in his own right and fighting for fighting his fighting his body fighting with his body to truly still portray these roles that, you know, people would probably have been afraid to do. People would have probably been, uh, you know, truly scared by the um, so many different things. And I remember, I remember heavily, pr like pre, uh, I remember when like the news broke about Black Panther being featured in the Captain America film. Yeah. And I was excited. And then I heard about who was being casted in it. I was like, oh. I ain't mad at that, you know what I'm saying? We're going to see how that is. Because I remember talking about him and his career previous previous to yeah. that. And I was like, he's he's like the he's like the new age Leon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he playing all the legends, you know what I'm saying? He playing yeah. them in the nostalgic roles, and I ain't mad at it. It's yeah. plenty it's, if that's if that's it's what's getting made, you get it, you know what I'm saying? And he did it. He didn't yeah. do anybody uh terrible justice, so the fact that he can capture these roles that are of, of prominence and live in his life in this prolific way, I think is a, such a beautiful thing. But I would love to ask you, while I'm going on my own emotional rant, I guess, I would love to know, coming from your perspective as as a thespian of sorts, how do you how how are you truly impacted by his work um, and all the things that you you know you've seen and you know consumed by him that he was a featured in. I'd be a liar if I said I was okay. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. allowing myself to not be okay mm -hmm. for right now. It hurts. Make room for them emotions. Yeah. I cry. Like, mm. I cry. And um, you just never, you, you, you just never know. You don't. You just never know. And I think here I am thinking like I'm doing everything I need to do to be on top of my own grind and own hustle. And he's battling 
colon cancer, given us legendary, iconic, historical pieces we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just a testament to, to, to who he was, his work ethic, going to see these these children who are also sick, experiencing everything that he's felt and, and keeping it a secret, you know. Mm. I just, I watched um, a rerun of one of the, when he was on Jimmy Fallon show yeah. as a guest and he yeah. had all these people come forth and just say about how, you know, how Black Panther has impacted their lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I could not watch that without crying. And it's hard, it's a major loss to the acting community, but to the world, yeah. um, Black community to the world though. But, cause he just, he just ignited so much hope. He did. It's so much hope. I just, when I found out the news, I, obviously was in shock. I didn't want to believe it. Like, I, I think I turned my phone off the next day or I deleted Instagram off my phone because I just, I didn't want to deal with it. I wanted to be in my own emotions about it. But um, I, the second thought for me was just thinking of my, my little nephew, um, not my nephews, but my little cousins. And yeah. like, how are they going to react to this? Yeah. You know, major loss like I, and I, I just remember thinking to myself like damn black people can't get a break this year Kobe, yeah. John Lewis like, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and so like as an actor for sure this one this one hit hit so differently and just to see legend someone legendary like Denzel who believed in him before he even he knew died. He just he knew. knew. He just knew. All of this greatness that was in him and was just like, I'm gonna invest in this kid. Yeah, um, real real see real though. So that, that just makes sense. And to see the speech, how he paid it, paid it back, paid it forward to Denzel and said there would be no Black Panther without you. Just acknowledging that, you know, the steps that were taken, that were the the bricks that were laid before him. Yeah. You know, and giving it back to Denzel. Man, and it it's and that's why I like it's crazy. Just like I said earlier, you know, thinking about what our purpose is at this time, yeah. and um, I think moments like this always has that thought come back to us. You know, thinking about okay, I'm here now. Am I like your question? The questions that usually run through my head, and it may run through others as well. When you know, when things like this happen, and that is. Am I living my life in the best way now to say that, you know, if I'm to leave this earth right now, tomorrow, when I leave my home, will I feel, will I feel it within my soul that I've like done the most I could? Did I at least become aware of my purpose and make steps to that purpose? Because I feel like, you know, I think only, you know, only the few of us, you know, are able to fully fulfill it. You know, we're just able to do as much as we can within it and within those steps. Um, but it may be even a bigger purpose, you know, yeah. from you insisting, you know, to do all these particular things to help others to eventually, you know, continue have that work continue on to become something even bigger than you. And I think um, for this loss specifically, I think it hits different because I think you never... You never want to use, lose the people that you don't expect to lose, but also uh, 
the matter in which it happening amidst a week of you know so much so hate much. and so, so much funny. like that was the way that was the way that the week ended like it was friday <laughs> it was yeah. friday you know people were probably uh actually you know getting that little weekly dose of uh, of escapism you know what i'm saying going out or being a around breather. friends um... just just a breather from the rest of the events of of last week and um with you know with jacob blake and so on and so forth in the nba and no matter what industry you were in no matter what thing you kind of pay attention to it was a point last week honestly by the by tuesday not even deep in the week where it was like damn it's a lot going on right like like we, we need a we need a break you know i remember saying on my check-in last week that if you are a houston a resident who loves the lakers who's black who's, you know, so many different things, who are yeah. so many people who fit in those categories, you are not having a good week. You probably got to evacuate your home on top of just dealing with the news. And you thought that you was going to escape with some sports. Nope. Yeah. No, that night's game was, it was you canceled. Thought, <laughs> you thought you could escape by even watching some, some movies. Like, you can't even escape there. You, know? you can't even escape there because you know you're going to see – you know, all these different things. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, 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 I think, you know, but I, like I said in my, um, on my like story that I posted uh, on Saturday morning, just, you know, after processing so much, we have to come into a new understanding of this, uh, this dynamic of, you know, us being a community and why yeah. we are affected the way that we are. Cause I think it's a very purposeful function of blackness and black people. I think it's in our DNA to yeah. be impacted by these particular things. And I think so often we try to push back and highlight our, uh, how, you know, my, not monolithic we are. <laughs> and I think the problem with that is we shouldn't be so absolute. We shouldn't be so absolute in pushing out like, Hey, we're all, we're not all the same. And you know, Hey, you know, black people are not don't assume, but there are certain things that we're yeah. all aligned on. And yeah. then when moments like this happen, that's when it shows. And we can't, yeah. there's no ignoring, there's no like, are you feeling it or you not? It is what it is. And it's, it's. I truly think it comes from that saying of, you know, when people say, you know, you're, you're all cut from the same cloth. I think, yeah. you know, we're all a part of this big ass connected cloth. And when one, yeah. one piece of us is cut away, we all feel it. it all, we don't yeah. feel whole anymore. Yeah, Rodney, I woke up the next morning and like, that you could just feel it in the air. Like, it was mm -hmm. just different when I woke up. Yep. I yep. mean, I remember, like, when Kobe passed, I was, it was very different from that, too. But, like, yep. this is, like, an exhausted hurt. Like, yep. Because like, uh, Kobe was in February, if I remember. Yeah. Right? So it was, like, before we even actually recognized COVID to be a real thing. We were still living life like normal, you know? Yeah, we hadn't got all the other traumas tacked on. Just exactly. Like and, and so so it's you know it's it's a trip and i think you know the resilience that's going to be built and yeah. the strength that's being built that's right now is just mm -hmm. it's it's going to be ridiculous mm -hmm. i like it's it's going to be definitely needed cuz i think you know certain things do harden and make diamonds but also you know i i believe we don't always need pressure to get stronger and I, and I feel like that's what we have to get have to, into a concept yeah. of. Like, we can get stronger just by, 
you know black people need to learn that too i'm learning yeah. that yeah like we we don't need to just solely work hard and solely ignore and solely do all these things to suppress yeah when we could do preventative things we could build ourselves up before the things happen just mm-hmm. by just you know really truly thinking about the wellness of ourselves for the sake of wellness not for any other reason but to the, for the sake of being well um and not in reaction to like well let me I need I need to start going to therapy because this I need yeah, to start exactly. doing this because of that you know and because it hits different when you when you approach it when you're not under duress you know uh-huh. but um but let's get into let's pivot um I appreciate you saying everything you said too um because I know it can be hard these days but let's pivot to talk about Rita Rucker. All right. <laughs> so what I want to know first, because I don't believe I asked you this on our live, and that was what got you started in acting? What got me started in acting? Well, I started as a kid. My my parents had me in theater as a, as a little kid. My first play. You got that I, look, too. <laughs> we do. I, my first play was Pirates of Penzance, and I never told this part of my acting career. Like I, I started a little later on, but I played, I played a guy. I was, a, I was a boy. Hey. This was a first grade <laughs> Pirates of Penzance, and it was horrible. I forgot all my lines, and I think, I mean, my parents are very supportive and comforting, but now that I remember it, I think that was pretty traumatic for me to not only play present a different gender but to forget my lines in front of all these people (laughs) but um I think it started there I eventually you know gathered interest and strength later on in like middle school and started doing musicals and plays Island and Annie um but it wasn't until I got to college I was like maybe I should try this as a career I got a theater scholarship um going to Cal State and yeah, I just, I started to pursue it from there and got my first role maybe two years later after that on Being Mary Jane. And hey. Yeah, um, it just started to pick up after that. And it's still, you know, I still feel like I haven't had my breakout role. I've had a lot of, you know, little pieces. Of course. Build upon. Oh, yeah. um, but um, it's been a journey that I, I've been learning to relax about. Because I think, I think sometimes you have this vision of like what your career is supposed to be and like this very like straight and like narrow path of how the obstacles you're supposed to overcome, but it just doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. And so I'm at this moment, just learning to relax about where it's going and just to be intentional and be present. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's how I got started. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I've always um, admired um, the art of acting because mm-hmm. being a lesbian pro- too. See, I'm see, I, see, I'm, I'm, I always tell you this too. I was, like, <laughs> I was a fan of you before you were a fan of me. I'm a college boyfriend, okay? I used to watch that religiously. Like, what is going to happen this week on College Boyfriend? Tina, Tina was a, a truly Amazing. a mad scientist uh, yeah. with the, with that pen. She truly was because it was. I was surprised. We didn't know until we came that next day how everything was gonna was about to unfold, and we really had to, you know sell it and, and, and make it believable as we could, you know, and um and be 
and, and be those boyfriends. But yeah. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Cause that's, that is something that, um, when I think about my own kind of like creative past that I like have, uh, had to come to reckon with on how much I didn't claim, you know? Cause really? I think it took me until honestly, damn near towards the end of my senior year in, um, in college for me to truly start to accept and, and claim the title of being a creative. Cause I always see myself as this very complimentary, uh, complimentary, um, role you know like as like like i did i literally did not even see myself a part of these processes even though i was always around them you know like all of my all of my friends since uh literally since probably like middle school to through college were always very creative people and i always just dubbed that as oh you know they just they just like me i'm just cool you know what i'm saying i'm just relaxed i'm whatever whatever and they just can vibe with me you know what i'm saying i'm just the they, I was like, maybe they just need a guy who's not quote unquote so so creative in the mix. Because for me, I, I, I always seen it in um, absolutes. You know, if you didn't wake up every single day and wanting okay. to do the thing that you uh, claim, you know, claim to claim as your as your form of art, um, then you can't really be that. Because that wasn't me. For me, it was like, yeah, I, I write a lot. I got a lot of stuff that I write. I, I read and and. Um, and I can, you know, em- evoke a message. I can be dramatic. I can, you know, intentionally be funny and mm-hmm. do all these various things. But I didn't think that was a thing for me. Yeah. I didn't think that was my thing because I didn't wake up every day thinking that. I woke up, you know, wanting to do so many other things. And um, and once I had to come in to realize that, and it was actually, it was actually, damn, this is coming a good story now. I don't even know where I was going with that for a second. <laughs> it was actually Nakia. It was actually Nakia Stevens. Nakia Stevens? It was actually Nakia Stevens. Oh, my who God. I, I met her my senior year. And Love her. her. Her, our interaction with each other truly invoked the true creative and artist within me. and mm. made me have to claim that within myself, you know, because <laughs> I remember I would, like, she was just like, cause, um, cause my best friend, uh, Miss Juwanza Harris, who was also on the um, college yeah. boyfriends with me, and um, and I met I met I met him through her, and um, cause he was on her um her then um web series, but he also was featured on a um a short film that she did as well, mm-hmm. and um and we just and like she connected with my roommate Benny Roosevelt, and we just all kind of just like started just being around each other a lot more, and just I started yeah. soaking up so much really dope energy from her so much creative uh energy from her she's always been a workaholic you know for forever yeah. <laughs> yeah. like she's always been on all cylinders and i think it was like that try it was that interaction that truly like sparked something in me to to really claim myself as a creative yeah. and and that's something that i think is hard for some people and i had to like see it that way and then yeah. like once it, once i started to you know commit to podcasting in 2015 and Lily just, you know, shortly after that, I sat there and I just like really started to reflect more about my past and was just like, damn, like, I guess maybe I always kind of have been around this yes. shit. I got journals and shit from years back. I'm like, like the earliest thing I think I've acted in was probably like a play in church, but I've always yeah. been like a very dramatic, uh, very, very dramatic in my delivery in terms socially. 
have always loved to make people laugh, have yeah. always been very imagine, imaginative in my in my writing, in my own just create creativity. Yeah. And um, it's always a, like You damn. said a word, Rodney, when you said um, thinking in absolutes and like, yeah. Same for me, and I and I'm someone who like openly claims to be like an artist and a creative, and I'm like I need to commit to acting and I need to commit to this, and you know, and it's so oxymoronic because being creative is so ambiguous. Like yeah. when you really just allow yourself, release all of these like boxes that you need to fit in, and just allow whatever is in you to come out. Yes, you know. It is, yeah. You said a word when you said yeah. that. Because I, because I, I think absolute all the time. We do, because yeah. I think it's a difference between um, imposter syndrome, which we hear a lot of our colleagues in, you know, in various industries, creative yeah. industries, speak to. But it's about when you don't even see it on yourself. You mm -hmm. know, imposter syndrome is at least you're doing it, and you don't think you're that yeah. good. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even think I was doing it or commit to it, while. Mm -hmm. Jawanza, while my you know my best friend Benny Rosa, while various people within my campus community were forever bringing things to my table to be a part of, and I'm just thinking they just like the way I just lead and organize. I really kept it that simple, like you just like my opinion, you know what I'm saying? And I remember once I finally said it out loud because I never really said it out loud. Yeah, I remember saying it out loud and trying to have that conversation. With Juwan's and Juwan's was so thrown off. He was like, hold on, like, what? Like, like you, I didn't know this was a thing. And I mean, bro, we've, like, written shit together. We've, like, like produced things together. He was like, I don't get how you got to that point. I was like, I thought right. I was helping you. He was like, nah. <laughs> he was like, you think I would bring all this stuff to you if I didn't think you thought this about yourself? Like, I, I didn't know that this was a question. And, um... And it, and, it, and it ultimately helped me a lot. And I've definitely, in the past five years, went through all the woes I believe most artists go through from, you know, the anxieties of creative blocks and not being able to just figure out what you want to do next or feeling like, you know, just feeling drained and all these different things. So it's interesting now. And I get so much more about my friends, honestly, on in terms of the space they need, in terms of... Uh, the creative processes and all mm. those different things. Cause I feel like I'd never, I think I just did those things innately. I didn't even like put so much intention to it, but now I'm like, oh, okay, writing, this is something that you want to claim. This is something you want to be in. This is something that you want to take serious. And so it's beautiful. And the one thing that I love about actors is the fact that you can pretend, you know, it's, it's the okay. act, it's the, it's, it's pretending and it being okay. And yeah. because I think as a child, I used to love watching things, used to love watching TV just to, you know, really see the stories and be able to think outside of the world that I was in, mm -hmm. you know, and I loved, you know, playing with my toys, creating stories and, you know, really seeing those stories through. Mm -hmm. What is it about the art of acting that truly draws you and keeps you in the industry? Mm -hmm. So many things. You touched on it when you said being able to pretend and just allowing myself to get lost into characters and to people. These are not just characters, but people. These are people's lives that are so well layered, depending on who's writing, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, I think in recent, just thinking about Chadwick, honestly, mm -hmm. and the legacy that he 
was able to leave. I just think that that's possible for any creative. For me as an actor, like maybe my legacy won't be as big and who's, who's measuring, but I think just the ability to be able to touch so many people that you never will know yep. personally yep. is just Sonder. It's like mind blowing to me. Um, and I, I just think of like, if I were to have my biggest impact impact in this world, in this life, it would be that. Mm. It would be telling these, these stories throughout my personal history these stories of people that don't have their, that we don't get to hear about these taboo stories, you know, because of whatever societal stigmas, boundaries that we laid that we need to break down and dismantle. Um, Just the idea of being able to to do that through a cinematic lens is just something that's so attractive to me. Um, And that's what keeps me in it through, through the the times like now where it's like well, I don't know what's where where are we like where we I don't know which direction we're going in and through yeah. the times even BC before Corona yeah. where it's like you know it's a dry smell <laughs> of auditions <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing like I think that's what I think the bigger picture of it like really keeps me alive and into it. the possibility of being able to just touch so many people to do something that hasn't been done before to defy all of those <sighs> stereotypes and mm. things that were placed on you but aren't in you yep. and to tell people like this you know this is who i am this is who i could be um that, that's what really yeah that's what keeps me in it i love that you know before before i pivot uh, the last thing I want to say when it comes to just the, the art form that you steadily are, you know, passionately in and working in. One thing that's so interesting to me, and this may be a hot take, but when you think about, quote unquote, celebrities who are seen as role models, um, I think, oddly enough, I get why it happens with actors. Mm. I get it. Because in terms of acting, I think about so much of the well-roundedness that you guys kind of, by nature of what it is, by nature of what you have to do, yeah. in terms yeah. of getting comfortable with rejection, you know? Mm-hmm. Getting comfortable with, honestly, not even rejection, something just not happening. You might have gotten the role did the movie, did the part, and it just don't come out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Being comfortable with things not going as planned, being comfortable with working with a team, being comfortable with learning something new and having to apply it soon Mm -hmm. within within real life, even if it is for the purpose of of a film. Just thinking about the various things. You know, when I think about, you know, it's always a joke. And it's always satire that when you when people portray, you know, actors in movies and things like that, they always have this lofty, very lofty air and culturedness about them. It's like, I remember when I was in the French Riviera filming the, you know, <laughs> and yes, that's a good joke. But also it's like, yeah, these people probably know how to speak multiple languages because of a part, know how to do random yeah. skills that they 
just now know how to do because they had to literally <laughs> learn how to do the shit in the matter of a few months to be able to do it well for the matter of, you know, however many scenes for however many weeks. That's that well-roundedness and that ability to be able to see things in this kind of, I think the assumption is that they're, that I believe uh, actors are able to see things with this viewpoint. That's mm -hmm. um, a lot more dynamic than the average person, you know, especially mm -hmm. when you do things that are, you know, when you have this range and this variety within mm -hmm. your, when you're in your filmography. And even if you don't, honestly, mm -hmm. the fact that you can <laughs> maintain and stay consistent within this uh, particular sure. field is one that still is a talent within itself because it's like that's that's you. I mean, you got it. You always the lawyer, but you got it. Shit, you might <laughs> you you might fuck around and get a career in a minute. You can get, start a law practice, you know? Um, because I know this shit like that. That's that's my weird thing. Because I'd be like, I know dude being a lawyer about like four or five times. But go ahead. Um, but I wanted to go into your uh something that you said on our um simply being um live show was um that you call yourself an artivist you know what i'm saying and i believe you spoke to some of the some of the activism that you did you you do um in terms in, on, on that same episode but you also felt like you needed to make room and pivot to make room for what what was currently happening at that time but uh before if i remember correctly correct me if i'm wrong i believe it was in the uh works of you know kind of protection within and, and kind of, you know, dismantling this industry of, you know, human trafficking and things mm -hmm. like that. And I would love to know a little bit more because I think, I think sadly enough, we live in a world where, you know, that is truly one of the most underground, you know, yeah. unfor un like truly unforeseen type of black market type of industries. You know, I think every, and, and also too, because everything else has been glamorized. By way of movies, yeah, drugs, white or yeah. black or 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 Latin, <laughs> we got every kind. What, what flavor you trip? You know, you trying to get? In. You got a, the whole Neapolitan of drug uh, trafficking movies. Mm -hmm. We have a million different movies on you know speaking to domestic violence. A million movies about you know social justice now, either pre either present or <laughs> or from the past. And I think I've only seen a handful of movies, honestly, most recently in the past few years that have been even close to tapping into this very, very underground evil industry of human trafficking and human sex and human and sex trafficking. Because there is, you know, you got to do your Googles, people, because there's those are two different things. And I didn't even know that until I had to be schooled on that. And that shit really blew my mind. Um, but I would love to know kind of, you know, the work that you're doing as an artivist and like really to break down exactly why you know why that's something that you got into and what it is that you do too yeah um going back to what we were saying at the top of this podcast about yeah. how activism has been you know also taking care of self is just as important if not most important yep. part of activism and i feel that at least <laughs> As of recent, with so much going on, I really just allowed myself the space to prioritize my own myself and my own mental health. Mm. And that's been my my form of activism. <laughs> it's been educating myself. It's been having those, you know, candid and difficult conversations, you know. Yeah. And yeah. as much as I 
want to be out on the front lines and protesting. I did my, I did my share, but um, I know that activism manifests itself in different forms. And I yep. try to be easy with myself mm -hmm. about, you know, like, cause I, I, I get on myself and I'm like, oh, beauty, you should be doing like, you should be going out and doing more, like doing more stuff, like out, you know? Yeah. But I have to check in and make sure that I'm, my heart's in the right place when I'm doing that thing. Like, mm -hmm. am I, am I going out so that people know that I'm actively out and doing things? Like, yep. How does, how does activism really manifest itself and what does it really look like and for me it's been taking care of myself um it's been taking care of my own mental health and you know when i get those opportunities to have these type of conversations and have that dialogue hmm. then i i have them it's yeah. been education because i feel like in order to be a strong leader a strong activist is to know what you're talking about how can you get in front of people and not really know where you stand so yeah. i've been doing a lot of more internal activism as for me like discovering where i stand on a lot of things asking myself those difficult questions you know um but back to what you were saying about um Ask me the question again. Sorry. Uh, no, you good. I was going to say, tell me more about um, the activism that you do and yeah. um, an active, and also the activism that you want to incorporate more into your work yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I think like you were saying, like the human and sex trafficking is such a topic is that's been so taboo that yes. we just it's so taboo that we don't even, we don't want to talk about it. We're just like, oh, that's that's unfortunate. And like, yeah. that's that. Like we, maybe we'll do a little bit of education, maybe we won't. But I think where we are now, um, I think just having the dialogue and dismantling the stigma around it is our first step to actually making change within yes. that segment of active, of, of of the movement mm -hmm. you know because there's just so much stigma attached to either if you've been a victim of of human trafficking or sex tra trafficking you know we have to dismantle these thought bubbles that we have associated with sex and with human trafficking mm -hmm. so that's what i've been doing for both myself you know i have a lot of skeletons in my own closet that i've been dealing with mm -hmm. And I think that for someone who claims to be an artist, an activist and an artist, you know, I have to do my own personal work and like, yeah, dig all those shadows out of my closet and like see them face to face so that mm -hmm. I can empower somebody else to do that. You know? There's a lot of shame associated with with that, you know. I can imagine. It's um it's hell of a traumatic situation, you know? And I think about um the just the cycles that your mind can go through being being put being put in a situation where you are removed from the life that you know mm -hmm. from the protections that you expect to be there mm -hmm. and truly have to come into grips with the possibility of your life never being the same yeah. or the possibility that you will not make it to the next day because you don't know what people are doing with you. 
You don't know that. You don't know. I can't imagine any any person to see to to experience this and immediately understand exactly what's happening. Yeah. You don't know that you don't know that 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 this is what the plan with you and this whole, you know, apprehending of your of your body was mm-hmm. for until you I don't know, until you get to a particular point to where it's like, oh, this is what this is and this is yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And having to reckon with that and mm-hmm. still have that back and forth. You know, I think it's you know, I, I maybe it may be seen as disrespectful but i think it's the it's truly the closest thing of having this this psychological damaging of being in slavery being removed from where you are to being taken to wherever you know undisclosed location and then also being forced to do something very specific and um it's, it's it's so it's so damn sad and i can only you know and I think the reason, to me, I believe the reasons of the tabooness of it all all falls under the people who are you know connected with these particular things. It's too it's too many big it's too many big people it's too many big names it's too many too many people in in the mix who you know we would truly be shook up to learn that these people are in the mix. And I think that's not a yeah. that's not a um, a tinfoil hat theory now. You know, yeah. with with things like Jeffrey Epstein coming to light and all yeah. these various things, I think it's we got to start to understand like, hey, a lot of these things are just really happening right in front of us, yeah. and we don't even know this, and mm-hmm. we don't even know the signals, we don't even know the signs, we don't even know how to prevent certain things because mm-hmm. we are blind to what's happening under you know under all these various cities that are you know running rampant of it. Yeah. Um, oof, oof. Mm-mm. Yeah, which is why I feel like just educating yourself is the best thing you can do. Hell you know? yeah, hell yeah. It's always going to be something to fix. Yes, it's always work to do. Always. Um, but yeah, it starts with educating yourself. It, it does. I believe that too. Now, speaking of, because this is a heavy topic, mm-hmm. but I believe that you know. Let's go for it. I'm being, afraid. Being a, being a, a, a professional pretender, you know, mm-hmm. having to portray yourselves. I think, you know, in recent years, and shout out to Chadwick again for, you know, for things like uh, Black Panther coming out. It truly broke so many different barriers, disproved so many different theories and so many different trends that we were used to and truly started a trend of, you know, in the midst of that movie coming out, but also after the fact of these movies centered around blackness uh, for so many different reasons. And it really upticked the amount of black films that got the, you know, this kind of national and international yeah. attention there yeah. then after. Um, and I've always wondered when it comes to, because I, I, I've reckoned with how I feel about blackness on screen since, since I was young, you know, I think I had a very good, and probably a lot of us had a very, under, very good understanding of where we were on screen. By mm-hmm. that be animated or not, honestly, you know, right. I think I was first noticed always being able to pick out the black character in every show and just knowing yeah. their names, knowing everything yeah. about them. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then, and then thereafter, trying to you know cling to different things. 
But I can only imagine, you know, now in the times that we're living in, because it's so scrutinized, we're now at a point now where, you know, the scrutiny of black, quote unquote, black films coming out are scrutinized heavily, you know, inside our community and outside our community, because it's kind of it's, it's this double pressure of portraying us in the light that, quote unquote, the community is going to agree with in right. every way. And I, I guess another hot take, I personally enjoy that we yeah. disagree because I think before we didn't have the opportunity to. It wasn't enough coming out. It was like we did. We, it, it was only the movies that came out, or the movies that came out, and you were. Oh. And, and I feel like the the sense of groupthink was a lot easier just to fall into because it was just like, yeah, I like it, or I don't like it, and yeah. it just wasn't a thing. But yeah. now that we have at least you know, still way more than we need, but we still have more than one film, one more than one quote unquote black yeah. film that comes out that year that draws this attention. And um, and either it being, you know, released in theaters or, you know, or on uh, some type of streaming platform, we draw around a piece of content and make it a thing. And either and also shows, too. I think um, I've always thought about, you know, when people get into these like matches of like, see, this is why, you know, they playing around. This ain't a good representation of black. This is blah, blah, blah. This is the third. And I'm just like, damn, like I get it. But I also think that I've. Yeah. I have the exact measurement of uh, quote unquote expectation that goes into a, a lot of these things that I feel like have been problematic in the past few, past few, honestly, this past year. But I would yeah. love to know from you, how heavy is it to portray blackness on screen now? And if there's no heaviness at all, speak to just portraying blackness and how that makes you feel. Oh, that is a um, hot take there. Um, Going back to what you were saying about, you know, when it's perceived by the black community, I just wanted to touch on that really quick. And I was mm -hmm. just thinking, we gotta stop being so critical. But then at the same time, I don't know if we need to stop being so critical because it's great that we have the content there to talk about and to yep. to, to, to debate, debate about, I yep. agree. Um, but I think it is helpful to examine like where the initial criticism comes from, why we feel the need to like, you know, do that. Mm -hmm. But as far as blackness and do I feel heavy about, I think at one point I did early on in my career because I saw a trend with the roles that I was getting, playing the homegirl, playing like the ghetto sassy chick, the, mm -hmm. um, you know, the hood rat, mm -hmm. uh, round the way girl. And, you know, I think I had a very stronger opinion in the beginning about it like gosh can we like can i just break out of the stereotype for a second like yeah. you know but then like as years on i started to accept that these characters had very they had just as much death as the, as the stereotype i was trying to go against you know they have very layered stories that need to be told too and so yes um i think that sometimes, depending on what the role is, there is some heaviness, but I I think that there's just a vast amount of black stories that need yeah. to be told and they're all valid. And yeah. we can't we can't put one over the other. Mm -hmm. Maybe we've seen a trend, maybe we've seen a lot of one 
and maybe there's some other untold ones. We just need to keep making sure that we explore the untold ones, yeah. you know, not being so critical about the ones that continue to get retold. Um, yeah. So, I mean, heaviness as a black woman in general, um, sure. <laughs> um, I went back home to Atlanta uh, a couple weeks ago, like three weeks ago now. And I was just like, wow, yeah, it's still the South. It's still the South. It's still very much a red state. And um, yeah, there is heaviness that comes with that. Um, but I, instead of feeling the weight of it, I try to manipulate it into a way that it's empowering to me. Um, yeah. Like, why do these people feel away when a black woman walks into the room? There's some mm -hmm. power associated with that mm -hmm. that I need to acknowledge for myself. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But um, I don't even know if I answered your question at this point. You did. <laughs> you did. You did. Because the, 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 the question was just how heavy it is. And I think the, the topic of thinking about, you know, how things are judged is I think we... What I at least have noticed with some of the most popular films that have came out, popular black films that have came out recently, um, at least in this year, um, it's been this real interesting, um, well, I guess towards the end of last year, because nothing's came out this year, uh, <laughs> at least towards the end of last year, uh, and a few things, like maybe shows and things that came out digitally this year. Oh leaks yeah yeah a few little things but i definitely remember seeing so much around so many topics and i think certain things deserve to be critiqued to a certain level because you can you know mm -hmm. you can question certain things you, certain things do deserve a review and i definitely believe that more black people deserve to be those official reviewers for some of these yeah, things because i think absolutely. there's this disconnect a lot and that and that at that that cultural disconnect and that lack of cultural competency is making this film that deserves a chance for whatever they're trying to, you know, really seek after right. that, that exposure, that, you know, that funding to make something else and so on and so forth, or just all the people involved to allow this to be a very honorable piece of mm -hmm. work that they've done can, that can lead to more. I want the reviews to be earnest. I want the reviews to be honest. And um, and not just be and, and come from a perspective that is a perspective, you know. Like for me, I I never uh, I always just kind of you know picked up on just the reactions to certain things, you know. People speaking to how they don't want to watch a film and you know and feel feel trauma and feel triggered, and then versus right. watching a film and feel like this is not enough going on. Like y'all try to y'all play a little too it's safe. Not deep enough. It's too yeah, light. Like, yeah. And we need some more drama. And it's just like yeah. look, I get it. <laughs> Y'all got y'all got a lot of expectations. Yeah, yeah. But personally, I, I just I take it for what it is, and I and I also understand yeah. that we have to think that people are not solely people people who create are not solely trying to make something that's going to appease to everyone else. They are ultimately yeah. still going to sift it through their own approval system. Absolutely. So, so it's going to always be something that they can be happy with regardless of, and that's going to come with their bias. That's going to come with their blind spots. That's going to come with yeah. their viewpoint. It's going to come with all those different things. And also too, you got to remember 
you know, quote unquote, great minds think alike. So people are going to bring people around them that may have very similar blind spots, very similar situations. So, and if you're playing a specific role, you're playing that specific role. So you may have things and productions coming out that are of, that you're like, oh, they, I can't believe they missed this. I can't believe they mixed that. Or, but it's like, yeah. it wasn't in their purview. They were focused on a very particular thing and they might've missed an opportunity to do yeah. something in a certain way or whatever, whatever. Something for the culture, you know what I'm saying? Create but a the moment. thing about that is just like, everyone's not gonna feel heard or like a mark wasn't missed unless mm-hmm. they write their own individual story. That's it. That's it, and I and, I, and, and I, I can't. We can't cover every because we haven't lived everyone's life. You can't. We can only speak for our individual experience and hope that that's relatable. Exactly, content. exactly. And I think yeah. you know more than anything. I, I don't want. I think the one thing that I think does come out of this conversation is thinking about how we are with ourselves and getting out of each other's way and allowing space and and also propping up the opportunities of for you know for people who don't get enough opportunities within you know within the tv and film industry and one thing that i recognized quite some time ago and you tell me if you've seen this too and that is um how did i write this down i wrote it down as uh black men recognizing being inspired by all types of black creators now if i already singled out black men you know who the all rest of the type of black creators i'm speaking to Um, and that's and that's black women. That's our you know black LGBTQIA plus brothers and sisters because I feel like so much happens, so much innovation, so much creativity, um, because it's always gonna you know be that way. So much when you put so much pressure on people who you know who who aren't getting enough light, and I think yeah. that a lot of the gatekeepers uh, who happen to be black nine times out of ten are men. And I think that there there is a a a very very keen responsibility within that, you know, to get out the damn way, and also to support heavily in the works of 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 your fellow of your fellow creatives who are doing it without you, without the support of anything big, you know. If if and I think what I noticed, this is what I noticed when things that happen for Ava DuVernay, when things, when you see press releases about Issa Rae getting another deal, yeah, there's this, this energy of like, man, look, look she, that's a, that's a dub for the, for the women. That's, that's dope for y'all. I've heard that and seen that out of a lot of, you know, a lot of men and a lot of men with really big mics in front of them too, you know? And I've always thought that was interesting. Now I, I noticed that years ago. And I've always thought that was interesting. Anytime it's, it's, it's very segmented. You know what I'm saying? If this, yeah. if this man breaks this record or does this extremely dope thing, it's right, like, it's like look at, look at black people. Life. We just out here doing our thing. We got, we got this happening. Whatever. whatever. It's so true. Even when you think so about, even when you think true. about Kamala, even when, even when you think about Kamala, there is still this, this leaning into you know, this is great for, you know, for, for young black girls to, they, they know they can do it now. They, they can believe yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, we weren't making the same energy. We yeah. were saying now that Obama's in the office, we all know that our kids can be president. Right, now. Right. It was right. never this segmented, like young boys are now seeing themselves only right. 
able to be in the White House type of thing. It was on the head. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like interesting to me. And I always wondered in your own personal um, experience, have you noticed that kind of, you know, division within um, within those gender roles or within those kind of. Yeah. I mean, I catch myself all the time as a black woman for a black woman. You know, I do that. But it's just like, where do we get that from? And it goes back to your point at the top of this podcast about dismantling patriarchy, because once we do that, we won't have the need for, you know, (laughs) feminism. We don't feminism won't have to be such a thing that has to be said and come forth if we didn't have to measure up to patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. like if we can just kind of even the playing field a little bit and, you know, acknowledge that when it's a black woman, it's a win for the whole black community Period. and say that, you know, even as a black woman, say like, yeah, no, this is a black man too. But, um, but it is. Yeah. It is yeah. like it, like thinking about how many instances where there's been, Black women leading things and creating more jobs for everybody. Everybody. Like everybody. Everybody everybody gets a job from, you know, from the crew to all these directors. Like there, I think so many examples of black women have truly showed you how you can have this very, very truly diverse and intentionally diverse uh, Mm -hmm. crew and cast. And for it to feel right, for it not to be forced, and for the quality to speak for itself. You know, I love hearing, uh, I think it was Lil Rel who talked about how, you know, he was like, he was like, not only, it, not, it ain't not only black all over Insecure, there's a lot of women in there too, I'm gonna tell you. He was like, it'll be me, it'll be Jay, you know, and we, we, like the gaffer be, you know, the gaffers be one. It was like, we are really the only ones in here. And I'm like, hmm, that's dope. And, why not? Like these jobs exist. These people who want to be hired in these specific positions yeah. exist. Why not utilize them? You know, why not create that? Same thing. Shout out to Ava DuVernay with Queen Sugar and, and having, you know, all of these various female directors for literally every episode. Mm-hmm. You know, she and it's kind of like, why not do that? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do that? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just and I love. Think, I think when, uh, black women have a tendency just to. I think it's innate to us to just be looking out for everybody and we do it without necessarily needing the credit for it. And I I think, you know, that's the difference with feminine versus masculine is, you know, masculine hat is so fragile in the sense that we, we, you have to acknowledge that a man did that, you know, and it's just like, we gotta gotta get rid of that. You know, the ego comes into place and it's just like, black women can just, we like, it's it's in our DNA. We look out for everybody, mm-hmm. especially our black men, but we don't, we don't necessarily need the credit for it. But. Yeah, but I, I think in instances of, it's okay not, not to publicly get, it's, it's okay yeah. if you don't want public credit, but in terms of the way value works, that should always be in place. We should. We no, we should. It's yeah, like the, like regardless of yeah, regardless yeah. of what public thing occurs, the value mm-hmm. of whatever you are doing, whatever is happening, should still be ticking. You know what I'm saying? The meter yeah. still need to be going because we still I'm still going somewhere. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's the part that's been missing. There's been so much vanity 
and so much uh, like pomp and circumstance put around the uh, lifting up of certain, you know, a certain, you know, black black actresses. You know, I love what I love what Viola said about you know people always trying to say that I'm the black Meryl Streep, but shit, <laughs> pay me like I'm <laughs> pay me like I'm her. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and like how often how often has um some redheaded white woman had to help or say that she about to lead the movie that for for Octavia Spencer to get some more money? It happened like three, four times. I think it was like Jessica Chastain and Amy. I think it was all redheaded white women being like, Hey, look, we talked in our trailers. Y'all are <laughs> My contract, her contract is ridiculous. Why y'all doing me like, like you why y'all doing her like this? I'm gonna <laughs> sign off, and I am the, I am already on the bill. Like I'm on the top, top of the bill. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm gone, the movie ain't even happening. If y'all don't right. pay my girl, you feel me? And it's like I appreciate them doing that, but also at the same time, it's like why we even gotta go through that? Why does she have right. to go through that? Why does she have to learn and discuss? And that's why. Everybody, hey, listen to me, because I know it. that's a taboo thing. And they always say, you cannot talk about how much you make. And this is not only for actors. This is people who work oh, in offices. Yeah. This is people yeah. all in all these instances. And for studies sure. will tell you this, that yeah. the reasons why so, uh, one big reason why so many people are not, are earning way less, I other than obvious reasons, but in mm-hmm. terms of things they can mm-hmm. control, they have not spoken to other people they work with and how much they make. People don't talk about their salaries. People don't talk about how much we're getting for this. And so what mm-hmm. happens is that person came in offering this and they just might have gave it to them for whatever reason. Yeah. Not you came that. in shortballing yourself and you and they're like, all right, cool. Shit. Get them that little thousand dollars. Pay them this little twelve hundred and we gonna yeah. work it out. When you could have gotten your 13, you could have gotten your whatever for whatever you did. And you didn't, you didn't, and you didn't know that because you didn't talk to everybody else. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, understand some y'all, somebody telling y'all how much they get paid. Or you telling somebody how much you're going to get paid is not going to take your money away. That money is yours. Yeah. But it is unfair if somebody. That you're on the same level as y'all about to do the same exact job. Y'all have the same level of experience. Unless you have something you can say like, hey, I got a little one up. That's why I'm getting paid yeah. a little bit more. And and yeah. some of those things don't go without saying. Mm-hmm. But when you learn that this is where it's at, it's kind of like we need that relativity sometimes. To be like, yeah. oh, so they paying people this much at this position and I'm getting paid this much. Let's talk. You got to talk to each other. We got to say something. Really? do ask not want not get not you know so sometimes uh, as black people we're so excited for our chance and opportunity that we just kind of throw our our own like worth out the window like we could ask for more like we should ask for we should fight for more and sometimes we just are so tired of fighting that's true (laughs) we get an opportunity it's just like well damn that's a little bit of progress from all the other hoops i had to jump through to get to this point maybe i'll just take it but yeah. that's understandable that's understandable yeah. i think that's understandable so the next thing i wanted to ask you was stories you want to be told mm-hmm. and 
this is a segment that I love. Not only you saw even a segment. This is a question, better yet. But I think I've asked this before when I've had on uh, another thespian that I love so much by the name of Bria Henderson. And um, and Bria is amazing. And and I asked her this question that I, I still remember to this day. And I had brought her on to talk about the Black Lady Sketch Show. And I just asked her, like, you know, what would, what sketch do you see happening or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and we just kind of did that exchange. But I would love, because I personally have a million different things in my head of certain stories that can be told. And interestingly enough, we're at a time where it hasn't been enough told. <laughs> There's still yeah. so much that we have yet to know, even scratch the surface on in terms of just black stories to be told because it's been so few being told on a yearly basis. What are some of the stories? You can give me as many as you feel. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even going to put no limit on you, girl. <laughs> as many as you feel, the stories that you would love to see told. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to give you some, too. Yeah. Yeah, I want, I'm curious to see what <laughs> you have to say. I'm, I'm going to write it down. Go ahead, though. Um, yeah, I think we talked about it on the, the IG Live, too, about just stories like I would love to or types of genres I want to be a part of but I know I don't know if I you remember me speaking on telling my grandmother's story of how she was a civil rights activist Mm. fought for her equal rights at the Mountain Bell phone company I would love to tell her story as her granddaughter um that's a story yeah and I think there's just there's so many stories throughout history books that we never got because it's America that we could just tell um, through film. Uh, I want to, I want to tell those taboo stories. I mm. want to tell the stories of the sex workers and breaking mm. down the stigmas of sex work. Um, I want to. Man, I feel like the sky is the limit as far as like what I could play. I kind of want to hear. I kind of want to hear what you. I don't peek your answers, huh? <laughs> you did. You did. I'm like, I can't even think about what I was gonna say until I hear. It. <laughs> that's fine. I'll come back to you. Okay, so I feel like you know, it's just that's why I'm an actor because I want to like touch the stars i want to go all those different places and be sparked with ideas i never thought of like wow like let me explore what life like that like this human being would be like you know um i just thought of it i just thought of it and i had to write it down so one thing that uh in the craze of you know kind of like game of thrones and all that all that shit right I would love, love, love for there to be a depiction of uh, blackness in medieval times and what that looked like. And we, know, we have not seen it. Not only have we not seen it, but there are stories that there is something that exists within that space that we aren't making into some sense of fantasy. You see what I'm saying? Because that's the part that's always tripped me out about when people make these kind of medieval type of stories, how they remove, you know, blackness out of these stories as if we just weren't even on the face of the planet in any way, shape, or form. Who were the black people? But when you you think about the stories of the Moors and these various Mm -hmm. travelers, 
there is so much existence, so much time <laughs> that has spanned between when they were ruling these various European countries. It's like, yeah. I want to hear some of them stories. What's up with some of that? You know what I'm saying? Where it's just nothing but blackness, you know, living within this kind of medieval civilization. They're building the castles that these people will then essentially assume to be theirs and all that. Yeah, outside what, of reading it in the textbook and researching it for ourselves. What does that look like? Yeah. What does that look like? And I, and I think that would be a beautiful uh, visual. But sticking with, honestly, it's blackness in, I think the blackness in history is always going to be a touching subject. And that's something that I wrote down damn near three times in three different ways. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, stories of antiquity is one that I wrote down. And what I mean by that specifically is more um, because I think we get the, I think it's very, it's so, un, I guess it's so far from Western thought to think about stories around, you know, native, native Africans within their, you know, their, uh, within whatever native, you know, languages that they're speaking Within, um, within their native environments, within the fucking bush, even you know what I'm yeah. saying, like a drama or some type of some type of you know story that can be told with that being the setting is something that I, I would I feel like people just can't fathom that they would enjoy, but I believe there can be a story to be told that everyone gets into because I think about how how like amazing like Apocalypto was. And like I how you never seen Apocalypto, you gotta see it because oh it's it's it is like damn it, it's like half silent, half them speaking this kind of like ancient this I guess it's quote unquote ancient version of like some type of Mayan or Aztec language, but most of the movie is just just silent and just action happening. You know what I'm saying? And um, and it's just it's a lot of drama, but it's so interesting, you know. But it's about these, you know, everything is very um. It's very, you know, very low, low brow in terms of, you know, very early civilization like, you know what I'm saying? And then I wrote down, I would love, and I, they are already doing something about this, but I just need to see it happen. And that's a live action static shock because I love static shock. Comic book character. I am, um, I, I was a, a comic book fan before, you know, the whole, you know, invasion of Marvel and DC making live action movies the way they did. Wow, wow. Uh, and Static Shock is some something that I truly, truly, truly hopes comes to light because it's something that I think deserves light. I think it's something that people don't even know that they're going to love because it's, but it's a story and it's a character that truly is, you know, of the youth. Like imagine as much as people love quote unquote, the character of Spider-Man and how that was a young person who had all this responsibility, but also this power and so on and so forth. Just imagine that as a black child. I think we got that, you know, with Miles Morales and things yeah. like that. We got that to a certain degree, but it was still in relation to this other character. While right. Static Shock is his own thing. It's his own thing with his own dramas and his own things to deal with. And um, I think everybody would enjoy that. Seeing how people love Black Lightning, I'm telling y'all. You have such great ideas ideas how could you ever like discredit yourself as a creative like you're thinking of things that i'm like duh like uh that that's like so dope like <laughs> we need 
that. We like, need yes. it. We need it. And the only last thing I say, and then I throw it back to you. I hope you thought of something. Is this, now this. this is what I know. Now, and now the last this thing I, I, sh- I, I have to shout out uh, Lynn Whitfield for bringing this uh, this this thing into my mind, and that is actually capturing blackness in um in times of old such as you know in the 50s in the 60s in the 70s and all these various times and it not just be about their blackness yeah you know and she spoke about how like uh an ease by you the timing of what ease by because the ease by you setting was i believe uh i can't even say i think it was actually the I want to say in between the 60s and the 70s was the setting of the film. Okay. Um, But she was speaking to how that um, you you didn't, they they didn't add this extra drama. They didn't add too much of this extra drama about the quote quote unquote racial climate at that time. It was like the precedent of the whole time. Yeah, it it, it was. It was in their blackness exactly and i was like she was like why we can't just show black people being happy and during this time we 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 weren't always marching we sometimes we figured out a way to you know get away and be okay and and you know and go through life and i'm like i would love for that to be stories to be told as well because it's like there was traditions made in those times you know what i'm saying like we didn't just start cooking out we didn't just start you know doing certain things a lot of things that we do (laughs) We got from these, you know, these moments, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my gosh. Yes, we need to learn, like, where all of these things were birthed from. Yeah. Know that they're essentially, like, exclusively Black and a part of Black culture. But, like, it's important for us to know, like, where they came from. And outside of just race and slavery and civil rights. Like, I feel like that we have a lot of that. And it's so powerful and it's so important for us to watch those films, too. But I do believe we need stories of this black joy, mm-hmm. black innovativeness, yeah. black beauty, just black people being black. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and when and when with it out without race being the the precedent, like wow, you just inspired so much with your three ideas. I'm like, yes. i want to do that like i want to be a part of those those dope um projects yeah yeah um you also made me think about too like i do want to see more of just um people who are a part of the LGBTQIA community being presented and while, without it being just about their, 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 their orientation. Yeah. More of that. Yeah. A made um, arresting, um, like bio, biopic or some type of story about him since people love doing period pieces so much would be great. You know, oof. just about yeah. his story, about the examples that he gave. And then also shit. Um, you have such great ideas, Rodney. I hope you write these. Down. Oh, I do. I write everything down. I write everything down. Yeah, I write everything because down. Because these are such profound ideas, and I'm just like blown away. I appreciate that. Like, we 
we so need that. Like when you said, um, sorry to cut you off too. No, but no, no. I remember, I remember, I remember you, who I was going to say. When you said about black people during medieval times, I just recently watched a documentary on Amazon Prime, um, Out of Darkness. Mm. I need to watch it a second and third, maybe fourth time. It's like, because it like it the Black Plague or something? So pro- they touch on everything mm. um, and all these different you know how there's no black power without the black dollar and they touch talk about how hip-hop was born uh from all of it goes back to africa you know how the illuminati came about all every they touch on everything you gotta see it but basically what i took from that um he said he's like you know you've been hearing what you thought you've been hearing lies so much that sound like the truth. When you hear the actual truth, it'll be unbelievable. And I think Mm. that's so true for us as black people. We don't know who we are because we don't have examples of excellence. Mm -hmm. We don't have examples of, or we have, you know, here and there, but we don't have enough um, examples of how our culture was born and how it came into this this influence that we have on all of the world. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I think Beyonce said something to that effect on Black is King. She said, "If you, if no one ever shows you your reflection, you'll never know if you're real." Yeah. And I think that's so true. I really do. Um, I, I'm I'm filled with stories. I'm filled with ideas. I've been I've been that way for quite some time in my life, and that's how I know that, you know, I've been reassured at least that I'm doing, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. And being able to be a person to capture stories uh, and capture words and captured opinions from people like yourself is a part of that journey, you know, because I think it feeds, it feeds what I need to be able to, you know, continuously create either specifically for people like yourself or for a group of individuals or contribute to whatever I feel like I need to contribute to the, overall uh, project or movement or whatever you call it. Um, one thing I would like to ask you, and I'll let you go. The last segment of my show um, is considered the send it on portion, right? And my send it on portion is essentially my call of action, my call of action uh, segment. And within this call of action segment, I would like for you to let it be no, to let me know of however many of your own you know own colleagues or whomever you feel who are producing whatever they are producing right now who um and you just want to shout them out give details on how they can support if they're doing crowdfunding yeah. if they you just want them to stream it if it's whatever it is I would love for you to shout those people out right now and let it be known so that everybody else who's listening can let it be known like oh so i'm gonna support this i'm gonna look this up or i'm gonna watch this right now because it's already available type of thing yes i'm so lucky and proud and grateful to say that so many of my friends and colleagues are doing such amazing things it's just such a blessing because i feel like well dang like if this my circle, like I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I'm so proud of all the things that my friends are doing. I think of most immediately, I think of my friend, our friend, mutual friend, Nakia Stevens, who I just worked on with this um, endangered film. Now um, she also has another film 
uh, in the American Black Film Festival right now. It's both Endangered and another film that she did that she's working on. I can't remember the name of it. But please support um, everything Nakia Stevens from Dan Wright Originals. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I want to shout out my friend Alexis Louder. She just recently worked on a Star Wars project. Hey. Um, I would love to shout out um, actually, via this quarantine, I'll share with you. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to come in contact with this group of um, black female actresses. We just kind of came together via an Instagram group tags. And it was started by my friend, Artrice Johnson, also Ooh. an actress. It's had all these. We did the Don't Rush Challenge. That's how we all came together. Oh, for real? And I, <laughs> these women have become like, it's 13 of us now that are left in the group. These women have become like my sisters. Mm. Um, and I invite you to check out all the different various, they keep me on my feet. They keep me grinding. Um, Brianna Starks, Artrice Johnson, Jade Abriel, um, Erica Mays, um, Camille, Claudia McCoy, um, Hope Jones. These are all the beautiful actresses that are in the group with me. Andrea, um, Andrea Miles. Um, so cream sugar, they keep me um, on my toes and in it. Um, Asha Etchinson, um, these beautiful women are part of my circle. Yeah, they're mm. all doing such amazing things and I cannot do, I cannot continue. I mean, I cannot do nothing but continue to speak highly of them. Um, who else is doing awesome stuff? Like I said, Terrell. <laughs> I mean, I can just say his name. Everyone knows who he is. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, shout out to Darrell. Like, he's just, I'm just so proud of him. Shout what out he's to doing with his acting career with his music. I just, when I worked on the student film that we did together, like, I just always knew, like, just with his work ethic. Gonna, and he happens to also be talented gonna be just fine like yeah, and yeah, he no, is he's, he's he fucking doing it he's yeah he's gonna killing be fine. it he be fine. um shout out to jock mckissick patrick walker also amazing actors and it just so happens that all the people that i've mentioned are black as fuck and i love mm. that oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah oh, yes. so okay. yeah check out I, I know i couldn't name specific projects for everyone but um please check them out support them in whatever way that you can um, I have uh, another friend who's a musician. Um, his name's Joe Stunner. He actually did a song on a project that I worked on, 20s. Um, mm -hmm. he, he has some music coming out. His Instagram's name is uh, Joe Stunner. Um, and he's also raising money right now to get himself a new heart. If you could donate and support Ooh. him. Um, he already had the surgery, so he's just like raising money to um, be able to pay for it. Exactly. But he, it, the procedure went well. He's recovering now. Um, so, whatever you can do to donate to his to, to his cause and movement, and yeah, health. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll make sure to get the information. It'll be it'll be it'll yeah. be under the uh, description of this podcast once you see it. <laughs> yeah, I, could go, I could go on. Um, I could I got I like I could go on about shout outs for sure. Like I'm just always looking out for my people like what, what do i need to do to like support you uh, for my friend shalay monique we did a book club together she's an actress doing many 
many beautiful and amazing things. I love her name. Um, Chastity Saunders, she's an amazing um, plus size model and actress. She just got a recurring role on a um, UMC show. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll stop there because I will I literally will keep going. I know, like, I know, I know the network is strong. I know the network <laughs> is strong with with. Yeah, with I'm just so blessed to say that so many people around me are doing so many amazing things, and it keeps me keeps me going and that's and you know what I, I i would love i would love to and i really do appreciate because I, I was definitely getting to the thank yous uh, i really do appreciate you rita and i definitely want to continuously uh utilize your voice onto my platform um continuously bring you back and um and for us to chop it up and catch up um and also like and, and I truly mean this because I truly feel that we have to be genuine within our network and our connections, you know, in terms of uh, aiding in any way, shape or form with anything that you need. Definitely let me know. And I'm here for you, you know, um, because we got to just start, you know, putting our, my hands out and being like, look, how, how, do, how can I help? <laughs> and do you even know what I can help with? Because I think so often we um, are just wait, sitting back and waiting for, you know, for certain calls instead of letting it be known. Like, hey, you know, if if in the event that you do need more assistance or whatever it may be or just uh, to look into it or just check it out or just share whatever it is. I think that's something we have to um, get out of our own ways about sometime yeah. um, because it's we've attached it to this pride and, and all this other nonsense. But I really do thank you. I truly, truly thank you for uh, giving me your time. I'm glad you could come on. Um, like I said to everyone who listened, make sure that you not only listen to you know to to this in full. Make sure you go follow Rita everywhere. Tell them how they where they should follow you at too. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Rita Rucker, um, R I T A R U C K E R. On Twitter, um, same thing, just an extra R at the end, R I T A R U C K E R R. Um, and then I also have a Facebook page now too. Um, you can just like, I appreciate the likes. I'm trying yeah. to get to like 1K before the end of the year, but yeah, yeah. Facebook is weird, that, though, ain't it? Like, yeah, Facebook it's is, kind of is, expiring slowly. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird because you know you you know it's like everybody on there, but also it's everybody and their mamas, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you don't be too quick for that. But nevertheless. Um, I want you all to make sure you go and support Rita. Make sure you all go and watch um, 20s, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you go watch all the things she's doing with uh, with Nakia and all the different damn right originals. But all the things, you know, go go rewind, go watch some reruns of Being Red Jane, you know what I'm saying? And, and and take a shot when you see them. Let it be known that um, the Simple King podcast is always, always and forever be a place for, for black women to... Black mm -hmm. women and everyone else who feels to be marginalized in the black community to have a voice. And mm -hmm. I didn't even realize how much of that I was on until I looked back and was like, damn, a lot of my guests have been a little bit of everything. This wasn't even oh, all the way intentional. Life. And I think yeah. that I'm glad that I'm able to stand on that and be able to say that and, and just continue on to that. So make sure, make sure, make sure if you enjoyed 
this podcast you enjoyed this episode that you go and follow subscribe like review and share like i say all the time this is family size content and you will be ashamed if you ate a whole bag of chip family size chips by yourself so you don't need to sh- you need to share this this is family size content you feel me and um, yeah, i really do appreciate it yeah i really do i really do appreciate you and um for new listeners and old listeners if you want to follow me, you can follow me everywhere at Kings underscore memoirs. You can follow the podcast at Simply King Pod on IG. Um, make sure you follow me on uh, Facebook as well <laughs> with at the Simply King Podcast. <laughs> and uh, make sure you subscribe, review, and like, and share yet again. This is the Soul for the Conscious Podcast for humans, simply being humans. I'm Rodney Perry, and this is Simply King. Peace. Pull up, pull up with a new and it's not All me. that I 